Hello everyone. This week's episode is a bit of a heavier topic, but I wanted to dedicate this week's episode to sexual harassment and all that surrounds it. With everything currently going on, I think it's time. I had known I always wanted to talk about this topic, but I just never thought that it was going to be this soon. But there is no better time to talk about it than now. I was born and raised in South Africa, so gender-based violence and just the way women are treated so horribly in general has always been something that I've been aware of. I had known of women who had been raped or gang raped, and I grew up hearing stories about women who were brutally murdered by their partners. This was and is the norm in South Africa. I think a part of me became desensitized to what happened back home and I know it's partially due to the fact that it was the only way that I could cope with the constant influx of information and stories being shared. I stay informed about what happens but I had to disconnect myself from thinking about it too much. But I think over this past two weeks everything just kind of came crashing down and Every story I'd ever read, every post I'd ever seen, every experience I'd ever been told just came back to me this week and it's all because of Sarah Everard. All of a sudden, the problem that I had pushed away had hit even closer to home now. I live in the UK and I have for many years. I've been to Clapham multiple times when I lived in London. It was like a 20-minute train ride away. I've been drinking with my friends there at a couple of bars. I've gone to Brixton on multiple occasions. I've gone to gigs nearby with my friend. We've had to walk late at night afterwards to get our trains back home. And this young woman, Sarah, ended up being kidnapped and killed during her walk back home. I, like most women right now, just can't stop thinking about her. And I think one of the reasons why is because we all think that could have been my friend, that could have been my sister, that could have been my mother, that could have been me. I tried to record this episode last week and I was so angry about everything. I was just so, so angry, but I got even more upset because I felt so hopeless. I've genuinely just been feeling so hopeless. I just started crying and I felt weak. And last week, Friday, it was 2am and I had sat down on the couch, popped open my laptop, got my skincare products ready, and I opened up YouTube. This was my nightly routine. And this day, it was no different. I opened up YouTube and the first video I saw recommended is Jess Phillips reads out the names of all the women killed by men in the past year. Then I immediately freeze. I think about it and I decide, should I click on it, should I not? And I did. I listened to this lady read out the names of all these women and then I re-watched it and I counted how many women it was, but while I was counting, I lost my place. And I rewatched it again for the third time. I counted 120 women, and I'm not sure if it's accurate because I think I must have missed maybe one or two, but 120 women killed. Not assaulted, not harassed, killed. And I will be linking the video in the bio in case you would like to watch it for yourself, and I would suggest it, I would recommend it. I think it's very powerful and Sometimes I think that as people, we do like to listen to the statistics and think about the numbers and the logistics, but putting a name to the numbers is a completely different experience. It's very stripping and it's raw and it makes you think deeply about the situation because now you have names. They aren't just numbers anymore. These are real people. These are real women. A woman is killed every three days. Killed, not harassed, not assaulted, but killed. And I hadn't realized it was this bad in the UK and I'm upset 
that it was taken me this long to become aware of it. I feel like the precautions that we take as women has just doubled within our minds. I've gotten messages from group chats telling me to download this app and to download that app. And now I've downloaded an app where my friends know where I am all the time and I know where they are all the time. It's just so crazy how I feel like everyone just feels so much more scarier than it was before. So many things are being posted on social media, but the one thing that has been constant is the not all men argument. And I'm so tired of reading that because we know it's not all men. We are very well aware of that. However, it is 97% of women. Do not think that because you haven't done anything wrong that you can sit this conversation out. We need men to be a part of this conversation and we need you to have an active voice within this because the whole point of this is how certain men treat women. You have to stand up with us and say that enough is enough, that women shouldn't have to live in a constant state of fear or panic. They should be able to catch a bus and walk home and not be scared. Women should be allowed to go out with their friends to pubs and clubs and not be worried about a man inappropriately touching her or trying to convince her to have sex with him. Women should be allowed to leave their friends' houses and go home safely without having to share their live location, without having to make real or fake phone calls. They should be allowed to walk home without clutching their keys between their knuckles or run because they think someone is following them. Women should be allowed to do normal things that everyone else around the world does. We shouldn't have to be constantly worried about being harassed, assaulted, raped, kidnapped or killed. It's the 21st century. It's 2021, not 1721. So please, do not make yourself the victim. No one is saying that you personally have sexually assaulted a woman and no one is accusing you of anything. No one is accusing all men of doing anything. What we are saying is that there is enough men doing it, that there is a problem. All women are trying to say is that, hey, this is a major problem in society. It's something that needs to be addressed because so many people experience it. Do not try to minimize the problem. Do not try to convince us that it's not a big deal. It's a big deal. You have to acknowledge it. Do not belittle it simply because it does not affect you directly. Call out your friends and their awful behavior. You know when your mate is doing something incorrect. You know what it looks like when someone is uncomfortable. Keep them accountable and ask them to keep you accountable. If you have done something wrong in the past, now is the time to acknowledge it and change. If you see someone being harassed, intervene. You could literally save someone's life or at least save them from a traumatic experience that could most likely follow them throughout their entire lives. I also think that when it comes to sexual assault, please refrain from feeling as if you feel like you have to be a devil's advocate. You do not need to say, well, maybe if they had done this different or maybe if they had done that different, everything could have just been avoided. That sort of commentary is not needed. Actions are actions. Doing something wrong regardless of the situation is wrong. Wrong actions are wrong actions. So many women do not report what happens to them and this is exactly why they will say I was at a party and I got spiked and someone will say something stupid like you should have taken care of your drink better. Someone will have their ass grabbed in a club and someone will say well you shouldn't have been wearing what you were wearing. You could decide that you no longer want to have sex with someone but they pressured you into continuing and they will say that you shouldn't have went to his room. 
You shouldn't have gotten naked. You shouldn't have been in his bed. You should have been more forceful in your refusal. You should have kept telling him no. No. Intimidation is a real thing. Sometimes people are so scared to say no for various reasons. Sometimes people freeze and their mind no longer communicates with their body because they are in shock. Sometimes you change your mind and you should be allowed to do so without any concern in the back of your mind. Sometimes people are not in the correct mental state to consent properly and people take advantage of that. Sexual coercion is a real and very common thing. It's when people use non-physical tactics in order to convince or pressure someone into having sex or doing sexual things. It's basically pure manipulation and it can happen in many different ways like being repeatedly asked for sex, getting angry when being denied sex, threatening to release private information or creating rumours. It can also be done through getting someone intoxicated in order for them to consent more easily. There is none, and I mean literally no situation where it is okay to harass or assault someone. What has happened is that someone has been manipulated or taken advantage of. Someone has been disrespected. Someone has been preyed upon by someone else. Why do we focus on the victim and how they could have been, you know, so-called avoided the situation instead of talking about how a person literally committed a crime? If a woman is followed home at night, they will say, why didn't you go home earlier? Why didn't you sleep over? Change the narrative. How about a woman was followed home and this person must be caught in order to stop it from happening to anyone else? How about instead of woman wears red underwear and because red underwear is worn on occasions leading to intimacy, she was clearly consenting to have sex with her friend. We can change that narrative to a man rapes a woman while she is not in the correct state to consent. Which, by the way, that story of a woman wearing red underwear is a true one. Google it. They use that as an excuse to say that she was clearly consenting. Ridiculous. How about instead of saying girls shouldn't wear certain clothing because it entices a man to sexually assault them, we change that to a man sexually assaults a woman. Because even if I was walking around naked, I still don't deserve to be touched by anyone. Clothing does not give you permission to touch someone, ever. So how about instead of saying, you should have taken care of your drink better, we change that narrative to someone got drugged. Change the narrative. Victim shaming culture is massive and it's appalling. And I do not understand why some men even think that it's okay to touch a woman ever. It does not matter where a woman is, you do not have the right to touch her. It does not matter what she is wearing, you do not have a right to touch her. You do not have the right to touch anyone who does not give you their permission to touch them. What makes you think that it's acceptable? What makes you think that the rules are not applicable to you? Imagine if someone came up to you in the street and punched you directly in the face. And instead of people being concerned about finding the person being the main priority, they just brush it off and say, well, hey, it could have been worse. At least you weren't killed. And honestly, you shouldn't have been wearing what you were wearing. It's like you were begging to be punched. You could have literally avoided this whole situation if you just hadn't worn that. 
how would you feel? Now, I know that's an example that's a bit weird, but it's the same principles being applied. Why are we not focusing on the person that committed a crime? Why are we focusing on the victim and shaming them for what has happened to them? And this is why some women also don't report because they fear victim shaming, especially when it's within a small town or a friend group or a job or even at an educational institution. Some women don't report because they feel like no one is going to believe them. Some women don't report because they feel like nothing will be done about it. And this brings up my next point perfectly. It annoys me how many times people will say, why didn't you say anything before? Why are you bringing it up now? That is why. Some people are scared to be shunned by their friends, by their families. Some people are scared they will lose their jobs. Or some people are scared that they will cause someone to lose their job and then everyone related to that person will hate on that other person. This is especially why it is so important to call people out on their behaviour. I also want to say that I'm very tired of having this narrative to where we have to ask men to imagine it being their mother, their sister, their daughter or their friend in a situation. Why do you need to imagine or think of the person as being your family member or your daughter or your friend in order to start caring? That woman does not need to be your sister. She does not need to be your friend. She does not need to be your cousin. She does not need to be your mother. She does not need to be your daughter. In order for you to care, you should care regardless. I'm so tired of the narrative that is constantly being said to me that, oh, they'll understand once they have a daughter. Why? Why should men only start to understand the importance of respecting women and understanding the importance of protecting women once they have a child that is a female? Do you not have a mother? Have you never spoken to a woman in your life? Or have you never spoken to a human in your life? Because respect is something that should be expected and given to everyone regardless of their gender. And I also want to say that listen to your friends' stories, speak to the women around you, and yes, it might feel awkward to do so, and yes, you might not know exactly what to say afterwards. But despite this, you need to do it. Talking to the women around you is so important because it will make the situation more real, more personal, because it's someone you know. We live in a world where tragedies are an everyday occurrence and you have probably become desensitized to everything and that's normal, it's what allows us to cope with everything. But speak to those around you. It will help break down those barriers and understand what some women have been through and how they feel. Feel free to ask questions because those questions will lead to knowledge and knowledge will lead to understanding and understanding will lead to a better future. This week, I put up a story on my personal Instagram asking the women within my life to message me with their stories if they felt comfortable enough to share. I wanted to do this to encourage the conversation amongst friends, but I especially wanted to do it because I wanted to encourage the conversation between men and the females within their life. I wanted to prove that this is a problem and it's bigger than what you expect. I wanted to show that 
me, as one person, just Zoe, how many people, how many women have been affected in my life? So the next bit of the podcast, I will be reading out the experiences of the women within my life, but also the experiences that I personally have been through. I've decided to keep them anonymous. Two of them said that they wouldn't mind their names being out there, but I'm deciding to keep this anonymous. This will be a long section of my podcast, and it is something that I would like people to really take a moment and listen to. If you are doing something right now and just listening to this in the background, please take a moment to stop what you are doing and listen to these experiences. These women have allowed me to tell their stories and share it. And I would like everyone to appreciate the fact that they have allowed this to be told in order to raise awareness about what women go through. Do not victim shame these women and do not attempt to comment anything negative or inappropriate. I will remove all comments and I will block all users who are disrespectful. If you cannot give your full attention to this now, please pause it and come back to it whenever you can. These women deserve to have your attention because they are talking about the things that have happened to them. The experience are quite varied in certain places and they touch upon multiple aspects that I think we sometimes forget, especially abuse within relationships. I found it very interesting that when I was looking for statistics, that it was very scary to actually see that women are more likely to be sexually assaulted or harassed by the men within their lives than they are by men who are strangers. And the men within their lives does include friends and ex-partners. So I'm glad that we do have a few stories that does discuss the abuse within relationships. In total, I'm about to read you 13 different stories from my friends, and I will be the 14th story at the end. The first experience reads out, I was 18 enjoying one of my first club experiences. It was Halloween and so the club was all set and everyone was showing off their various costumes. It had been quite a rowdy night as you can expect in an Irish club with several fights breaking out between men. Us girls mainly stuck together to enjoy our night, dance and have a few drinks. After a while of dancing on the main dance floor we decided to slide our way out to the toilets. We always held hands when doing so. It was easy to get lost in such a crowd. When pushing through and getting swallowed by this crowd of people, I felt someone touch me in between my legs, under my dress. I quickly pushed the hand away to see a young man smirking back at me as he quickly disappeared into the crowd. I didn't do anything. I didn't chase him or even try to follow him. I just continued to follow my friends through the crowd. Scared and confused, as a young girl who had never been touched before, I felt terrified, dirty and angry. But I didn't do anything about it. I didn't say it to the bouncers or report him to anyone as I didn't want to make a big deal. And I was scared that they wouldn't believe me. The fact that I didn't want to make a big deal about it really conveys how desensitized I was to sexual assault, especially in a clubbing environment in Ireland. And that's what scares me the most. This kind of behaviour is nearly expected every time you go out in Ireland. This is the standard we're facing. The second experience by an anonymous woman was... I was in a club with my boyfriend. 
and he doesn't like to dance. So as he was standing at the side while I was dancing, a group of boys came around me and one grabbed my bum. I pushed him away and we immediately left. This has happened more than once, probably five or six times. I've been touched in that way and it's made me uncomfortable. The next anonymous woman, with the experience three, has given multiple examples of things that have happened within her life. I've been spiked at least twice. Both times were joked and twisted to be that I had had one too many when I actually handle my drink very well. Both times I went from being sober to a dead weight, waking up with countless bruises all over my body. The one time in a nightclub, it was the guy that I had turned down. He watched me the whole night until he bumped into me and slipped something into my drink without me knowing it. I don't remember anything, but I thank God that my friends were there. I think sometimes men feel entitled that if their mate is pulling one of your friends that they can pull you too. They feel like they have the right to force themselves on you, otherwise they feel left out. I was at a friend's once and this guy, who I had met five minutes before, was asking me to cuddle him. I kindly declined multiple times because I didn't want to be rude and then he asked me to touch his abs. I said no so many times until he came over to me and started trying to pick me up and put my hands on his stomach. Horrible. It bloody scared me. I felt hopeless and I just ran away. I don't know what's a big deal anymore because I think... I've been, like, pressured into saying it wasn't anything serious, but on a scale of things, it is. I once remember a time when I was in my school uniform aged 13. I was with my mom and I got catcalled. She went mad, understandably. The fourth experience sent in by an anonymous woman was... I would like my experience to stay anonymous, simply because my family has no idea what happened, and I don't want them to. As in previous family discussions, they have blamed me. So it terrifies me to go to them and be like, hey, this is what happened to me. Equally, all his pals know about me, and when I called him out on it before, he was abusive. So I'm essentially terrified for any of his people finding out and or being the reason that he loses his job. But I would like to help. Sadly, I have been sexually harassed and abused. I was forced to watch stuff that I never wanted to and made to copy it or else he would scream at me and make me scared. This happened more than once. And my therapist had to tell me that I had been raped with the aid of drugs, which were forced on me too. I had no idea it was rape because I refused to believe it happened. I was told and made to believe that it was me who allowed it. It's why I left my other job. Being 18, I just moved out of home and I got taken advantage of. And it's why I'm very screwed up now. I honestly kept telling myself that it was allowed and that it was normal because he made me believe so. And it's what you get coming from a very protective household that didn't warn you about shit nor let you watch programs. So I wasn't shown certain parts of society about growing up and how to protect myself. He also isolated me. 
It was a time in my life where I nearly committed suicide because I couldn't deal. I wasn't getting on with my family, but I went to my sister for help earlier on, before this serious stuff, to see if it was normal and she put me down. She said she had been harassed and that I would never have it as bad as her. That sister doesn't really get on with me, to be honest. It was a long shot, but I knew she had been harassed and that's why I had tried to speak with her. My closest pals were being pushed away from me because this guy was messaging them behind my back and making them believe shit and putting my pals against me. So all of my friendships ended. It was literally just me and him. And I couldn't and I felt like I couldn't go to anyone. Those friendships I managed to resave, and now we're super close again. They know sort of what I went through and... But no one knows the extent because I'm just saying it to my therapist. This went on from 2018 until June 2020. I tried committing suicide in 2019 and I phoned my GP for help and I got put on a waiting list for over a year. There were incidents where I could stand up for myself against him and be like, we aren't together, this isn't normal, please stop. But yeah, he made me think that I can't live without him, essentially. Saying, who else have I got left? No wonder everyone leaves you. You're an XYZ and so on and so on. And the only way to make him feel better was to do as he wanted. The thing that always sticks with me was one of my final things I had said to him in June 2020 when I went to phone him and tell him that I'm stopping contact because of everything and explained. And he said, I was flawless throughout all of this. You did this. And now I'll never get closure. He genuinely thinks that he had done nothing wrong and to be honest, the endless nightmares and the stuff still affect me. And it's thus affected any future relationships with guys until I deal with what I've been through. I'd go into more detail about the specifics of what he did, but honestly, I get really triggered by it and ashamed about it, like why I had hid it for so long. I think things like, oh my god, you're so dumb, like fuck's sake, of course that's not normal. My pals would have helped me if they had known. The work harassment was usually slapping my ass dragging me in locations cameras weren't there and forcing me to kiss him whilst he touched me up. Comments about my boobs. I used to wear a skirt, but that led to inappropriate comments. And I had old customers feed into it like, oh, she's hot, you should really try get with her. He is so loved in the company and by his friends and family, I just knew I'd never win. I just, I literally can't believe it happened to me and would never dare wish it upon anyone else ever. It has really messed me up psychologically and it's taken a long time to go back to normal. It's why I just love working. It's a distraction from my head and it allows me to put a facade on and help others around me instead of worrying about myself. The fifth anonymous experience sent in by a woman was, I am from a small village. There were little to no jobs going for teenagers, apart from at the local hotel. When I was 14, I started working there as a housekeeper cleaning rooms. 
One of my co-workers was a man in his late thirties. I believe he was from Romania, and he worked there with his wife who was a waitress. He was the person who trained me up, and I had most of my shifts with him. I was already quite nervous having not been alone in rooms with many men apart from my relatives before, and being quite an anxious person by nature, it didn't help. But he started doing things that creeped me out a lot. From the sounds of it, he was also doing the same things to my friend who had worked there too. He would always find ways to touch me whenever he passed me. He would put both hands on my waist and squeeze. Every time I stopped cleaning to rest for a moment, he would come up behind me and start rubbing my shoulders. At first, I thought it was all well-meaning. Maybe a cultural disconnect or something that he thought was helpful, but when I expressed my discomfort or I moved away, he wouldn't let me go. A few times he came up behind me and fully wrapped his hands around my waist. I got to the point where I was too anxious to go to work every weekend and when summer came and I was doing five days weekly, I would not want to get out of bed. I convinced myself it was laziness. But it occurred to me that I loved going to work when I was on shift with my friend or with other female co-workers. He was the only man I worked with. I know now it was anxiety. I just dreaded it. It escalated when I was doing laundry with him one day at the end of a shift in a very cramped laundry room in the basement of the hotel. I was folding sheets and he kept finding excuses to come over and stand close behind me to help me fold over my shoulder. He then asked me, a 14-year-old girl, if I was a virgin. When I said yes through nervous laughter, he asked me what I think I might like in bed. He said that he would love to see me kiss his wife. He asked if I would ever do intimate things on tape. He asked if I would have sex with an older man or another woman, since he knew I was bi. The list of inappropriate questions goes on and on. The next time I was at school, I happened to have a meeting with my school counsellor. She was aware that work made me nervous, so she asked how it was going and I told her about the things that he said to me. I do not think I would have told anyone if she had not asked. She was so concerned that she told the headmistress, who then called my mom, who called the hotel. Apparently, the boss spoke to the man and this made everything ten times worse at the time because I had to go to work a shift with him that Saturday. When he came into work, he said that he was sorry that I felt uncomfortable with him, but that he was just a friendly guy. I felt awful and I felt even worse when him and his wife moved back to Romania a few weeks later. I quit my job not long afterwards because I started getting panicky in the laundry room where he spoke to me in that way. Now I feel angry with myself for ever feeling guilty because what he did was wrong. And I still cannot let people touch my waist or shoulders, not even my close family. I still feel nauseous and frightened whenever I pass that hotel now. This is experience number six, sent in by another anonymous woman. So there were a few situations 
mostly ass-grabbing in clubs, which I find absolutely disgusting. But there was one situation which I cannot shake off for such a long time. So me and my mom used to live in a block with a 24-7 shop on the ground floor. So there were always people around there. And once I was like 14, I think, we were coming back from my aunt's birthday party around 11 p.m. There was a bunch of guys standing there around about 30-ish, laughing loudly, probably drunk. I immediately got scared and I started walking super quickly with my mom, but they started walking behind us. First kind of whispering to themselves, and then they started shouting stuff like, Oh, we will show you girls a good time. Just come with us. Don't be scared, give us a twirl. They kept following us, and at this point we were literally running. We had to type in a code to get into the block. And when we were in, we thought we were okay. But we noticed that the guys were typing it in as well. We managed to get into the flat in time, but it was awful. And the worst part was that at least one of them had to be our neighbour if he had the code to the block. Experience 7, sent in by another anonymous woman. A few years ago, when I was 20 to 21, I got on the train to attend a class at uni. As soon as I got onto the platform, this older guy started staring at me. I did not think too much about it because it was the morning rush, so there were a lot of people around. When I sat down on the train, I got up my notebook to do a bit of work but I got this weird feeling that I was being watched. I looked up and I saw that same man staring at me through the gap between two train seats. I started feeling very uncomfortable and I ended up packing up my things, moving seats so that he could not see me. I started being afraid that he might get off the train when I did and the walk to uni goes by a field that is just surrounded by trees. Various worst-case scenarios started popping into my mind of what would happen if he followed me out with ill intentions. I was terrified, and remembered getting off the train last minute so he wouldn't be able to follow. And I almost ran to uni. Whenever I had to go to uni after that, I'd always be on the phone with someone to feel a bit safer. The same woman who sent in that experience sent in another experience that happened to her. When I was 18, it was the summer after graduating from high school. One of my best friends and I decided to travel to the south of France to stay with some family members. Our plan was to also attend the yearly village celebration. Though I hadn't been in a few years, I knew a lot of family and friends and their children. It's a small community, so everyone kind of knows everyone. There's a few evenings of celebrations and some groups of young adults do go there to get drunk and party. My godmother's sons are a part of that group. My friend and I aren't really into partying, so we had a few drinks and were dancing, but we weren't drunk or anything. We ended up getting invited to an after-party by one of my godmother's son's friends. When my friend and I got there, everyone else was pretty drunk or high, and these two lads started to make advances on my friend and I. This one guy came and sat down next to me and was a bit too close for comfort. 
He then started putting his hand on my thigh and I used the classic I've got a boyfriend excuse. This wasn't true, but I'd happened to have a photo with my guy pals from prom. And I pointed out the biggest, toughest guy and said that was him. I also physically removed his hand. But he put his hand back onto my thigh and said that my boyfriend wasn't here, so it didn't matter. I repeated that I wasn't interested, that I loved my boyfriend very much and removed his hand once again. At this point, I saw my friend was in the exact same boat as me with a different guy, so we looked at each other and decided to leave. We grabbed our stuff and we went out of the house, but unfortunately the two boys followed us. It was quite late at this point and we had a bit of a walk back to my family's house. The boys followed us, but I told them that we were fine and that we were just going to go alone and we would see them the next day. So we started walking away. One of the lads gave up and went back into the house, but the others started following us. My friend started to panic and she started to cry. She was so scared of what might happen. The guy kept saying that we were just saying that, that we wouldn't see them again. I promised him that we were just tired and that we'd see him the next day, and I ended up even having to pinky promise him. Eventually, after a solid 10 minutes of having to convince this guy to leave us alone, he ended up dropping it. My friend was a mess and we ended up going home. We were not looking forward to seeing them the next day. When we did go down to the main square, one of the two guys did come over to apologise and say that we were welcome to join them for drinks at any point. But we politely declined. Just because you're off your tits doesn't make that sort of behaviour okay. Experience number eight by another anonymous woman. A while ago, I was talking to a guy for some time, and one night after I'd been at the pub, I'd went back to his room where I'd gone to have sex with him. After making out for a bit, I asked him if he had a condom, and he said yes and put it on. We switched positions, and I noticed that he was taking it off. I asked why, and he said that it had broken. I didn't want to continue unless he had another, but he kept trying to enter me until I finally told him no. And in hindsight, I should have just left, but I made him finish and we ended things a few days later. At the time, I just laughed it off and said that it was really bad sex, but months later, I was watching I May Destroy You and the episode where the main character gets stealthed really hit me hard. Just a side note for everyone who doesn't know what stealthed is. It's basically, whilst you're having sex, a man takes off his condom without you knowing and just doesn't tell you. It is considered a form of rape, just to say, as a little side note. But um, let me continue. I really struggled for a while over if I should confront him over it or if I was just making it all up in my head. I was a bit tipsy the night it happened. Eventually a friend convinced me to message him and I really didn't want to blame him for anything because I felt like he just didn't understand why it was an issue. But it really made me feel like shit. I sent a message to him just explaining why it was wrong and said I didn't want an apology or anything, just that I didn't want him to do that again. He responded by slutching me. He said that I was more than consenting when he started 
and that it was me that initiated the sex, so nothing was on him. He was angry that I was accusing him of sexual assault and that it could be potentially damaging for him. It really broke me that he couldn't see it from my side, not even a little. The first time I saw him after this happened, I had a panic attack, which was probably the only one I've ever had. I didn't sleep with anyone for months and I really still have issues trusting people that I am intimate with. I was also really lucky in that situation that I noticed what was going on and managed to make him stop because most girls aren't as lucky as that. I was also really lucky that I had a good support system and even though only a few friends knew, they all helped me through it. Experience 9 sent in by another anonymous woman, gives four different examples. The first one is, This experience took place in high school, but it's not the first thing to happen to me. I've experienced a lot, especially in passing, with people touching me inappropriately like my boob or my butt, but the first time it happened was when I was in grade 10. I was using transport, and whilst waiting for people in the bus, I was behind the driver's seat and I realized that the driver was looking at me oddly. And one day he came and sat next to me. He put his arm around me, was trying to kiss me and touch my boobs. I just sat there and I froze. The other people around me didn't say anything and some of them were my classmates and they didn't say anything. They didn't shout at him. They did nothing. They just looked at me and eventually the man who was touching me saw that I was uncomfortable and that I wasn't responding to him. So he left and he never did it again. He never apologized for it though. And what made me angry was, it, was that the people who I thought would have helped me and shouted the guy for what he was doing never did. They just told me I should have told him to stop and they asked me why I was just sitting there and in the moment I didn't take it as anything. I just left it. I eventually told someone, but that was it. Another time that took place, after I had just graduated, I had to go back to high school to pick up my certificate. So I had to use a taxi. It dropped me just near my high school, but I was still about a kilometre away. As I was walking towards my school, this white man stops me and asks me where I'm going. I told him that I was going to my high school. It wasn't much further, maybe an 800 to 900 meters further, but it was really hot and I was really tired, and he offered to drop me off. During this time, he was smiling, looking at me weirdly, but I thought it's fine, I'm only going to be in this car for literally two minutes. But as I was leaving, he wanted me to show him my boobs as a form of payment for dropping me at my high school. Acting as if I had to. I was a bit scared, and on my way out he touched my boob. And that day I realised that no matter what race you are, especially in South Africa where we stigmatise those who will harass you or assault you will be mostly black, I realised that day that any person from any race, no matter what age they are, no matter what walk of life they come from, anyone can treat you in a disrespectful and degrading way. The third time happened at home. We have a guest house that people come to and my aunt doesn't really know English very well and this guy and his girlfriend and the brother of the girlfriend came to the guest house. 
and when I'm home, I help out by showing guests to their room and tell them that if they need anything, we can provide information. Whilst they were there, the sister's brother started to hit on me, and I immediately shut him down, saying that he was too old for me and that I was too young. The boyfriend kept looking at me weirdly, and when I would walk past him, he would touch my butt, or just touch me in general. But like, in a very non-intentional way, as if he was undercover because his girlfriend was there. He would offer me drinks and say we should go and chill with them. But all the red flags were up, so I just said no. Two weeks ago, I was doing a home visit and I was standing outside, waiting for my bus with my friend. We were discussing what happened with our patients whilst we were doing the home visit, and this old man was walking past. I saw him coming, but once he walked past, he brushed his hand over my thigh and butt. The girl I was with was triggered. She was so upset, and I told her to relax and chill because there was nothing that we could do at the moment. Experience number 10, sent in by another anonymous woman. I was on a year abroad and walking home at around 6pm. It was winter, and in typical American fashion, no one was on the street. I wasn't too worried though, as I've walked down this road almost every day, and on my way I saw this guy appear out of an alley on the other side of the street. He was going in the same direction I was. I crossed the road. He did too. I crossed the road again, back to the other side, and he did too. So I took out my phone, which even though had half a battery left, was switched off due to the cold, and I pretended to call someone. Just to make sure I wasn't being paranoid, I crossed the road again, and once again the guy followed me. Needless to say, I was panicking. So I thought of all the advice I've ever heard for situations like these, and I had read somewhere that looking at the person can be a way to make them stop following you. So at the next crossing, I turned around and looked at him. He was staring straight at me, and he just started laughing. It was obvious that he enjoyed the fact that I was scared, so I walked up to a random house and pretended to be waiting outside. I thought if he'd come up, I could just ring the bell and shout, and hopefully someone would hear me. As he came closer, he slowed down and started laughing again, shaking his head as if I was doing something ridiculous. And then he just walked past. I waited on that porch until I saw a group of people passing and I took my chance to walk home. This was four years ago and I'm still terrified every time I'm out on the streets when it's dark. I know that I'm very lucky nothing worse happened that day, but... But the fact that this guy was having fun scaring the shit out of me is something that will never sit right with me. And this is just one of the many shitty encounters that I have had with strangers and people. The awful thing is that no matter how many precautions I take, there is no way to avoid these situations and that just terrifies me. I know it's not all men, but I've just really lost my faith and trust in them. Experience 11, sent in by another anonymous woman. Me and my friend arrived at a bus stop as normal. It was getting dark. 
and we were laughing and in our own worlds. It was taking ages for the bus to arrive, and so we discussed whether or not to walk to the next bus stop. A man that was already sat, eating at the bus stop next to us, approached very smiley and friendly asking for information about when a specific bus was arriving. That bus was not even an option on that route. I calmly reassured him that he was at the wrong bus stop, as the bus he was asking for was not there at all. And if I'm being honest, I'm not even sure that the number he had said was a real bus at all. He seemed reassured and went back and sat down at the seat and did not move or try to find his correct bus stop. I tried to think nothing of it, but when he stayed at the bus stop and kept looking at me and my friend, that's when inside I did get a little bit uncomfortable, but I chose to just mind my own business. My friend and I finally decided to walk to the next bus stop, but as we were walking, we started to hear very heavy breathing and footsteps behind us. We turned around and we noticed the same guy from before had been slowly creeping up behind us this whole time. It startled me and my friend. We got nervous and started walking very fast, but he too increased his pace right behind us and then offered us weed out of his bag. To which at that point, we declined his offer. We continued walking very fast, in which he picks up his pace very strongly, so we decided to run and cut across traffic and the main road where four cars were driving in different lanes. We thought the only thing we can do right now is go to the busiest place possible to notify people that this person is running and chasing us. However, when he saw that we'd crossed the road, he gave up and started walking away. This is the second experience of the same anonymous woman, the story I just told. Me and my other friend had just finished a picnic in Richmond Park in the summer. It had gotten quite dark when we had noticed a nice place to take some pictures quickly. As we were doing this, a car pulls in from the main road. I thought that the driver was simply going to park and turn off his engine. However, the engine remained on and we were blinded by the headlights. This made us quite nervous, so we decided to head home. At this point, whilst we were walking again, the man who was in the car that we had just seen started driving alongside us. Going the same speed that we were walking, he drove so slow and made direct eye contact with us frequently from the car. Here we got extremely uncomfortable and even more nervous. When the road came to a close and we turned out of the corner, he stops and continues to stare through his window. I pretended to call the police and me and my friend run away from him. At this point, he speeds off again into the main road. The third experience that this same anonymous woman sent in was, I was clubbing with a group of friends and I decided to go to the toilet independently without anyone else. As I was approaching the stairs to get out of the general club area, there were two security guards. One of them touched slash groped me and put his hands firmly against my intimate area. And when I told him to get off of me and to not touch me, both security guards started laughing at me as I was walking to the toilet. I felt disgusted, disrespected and vulnerable. The men who were placed in a position to protect people from this sort of harassment 
ended up doing it to me. The twelfth experience, sent in by an anonymous woman, is My story Nightmare I'm 15 years old, back there in that room. He's there. I can still smell the heat in the air and the taste of alcohol in the back of my throat. I can still feel him touching me as he did that night. I can still see myself lying in his grasp, still as a statue. I can hear myself screaming in the silence. I'm trying to fight him off, but all the messages that my brain is sending to my body are not being received. My body is an untouched paradise, soon to be taken advantage of and destroyed. My trust has been broken by someone I thought was there for me in my time of weakness and fragility. Someone who I was sure was a nice guy. I am left shaking, unable to comprehend what had just taken place. I let tears fall behind a locked door. Wake up. I'm okay. Smile. Repeat. The thirteenth anonymous experience. My story today is about my ex-boyfriend. The 97% statistic is horrifying, but the key note for me that hasn't been highlighted enough is that 97% stat isn't always whistles and catcalling or groping in clubs and believe me, I've had plenty of that too. But sometimes it's people you trust, friends or partners. It's not always these lad types like you see in the news, these strong alpha men. Sometimes it's the quiet nerdy boy in your student halls who likes to watch movies and play video games non-stop. Sometimes it's someone you have a crush on or are in a relationship with. It's not always anonymous. It's not always these faceless men on the street. It's people you know. When I was 17, I was in my first serious relationship. He was nice, sweet. He had social anxiety. He played video games till 3am and didn't have a big group of lad pals. He was your quintessential teenage nerd boy. Safe. He was a bit older than me and our relationship escalated quickly. We lived in neighbouring flats and student halls. I had my first kiss three months before and I'd never so much as stayed in the same bed as a partner before. He took advantage of that. Whenever I was around at his, I always had to plan to leave an hour before before I wanted to go because I knew he'd want to kiss me goodbye before I left. For half an hour. Every time I would say no or I need to go now, he would push me against the wall and say just five more minutes. And I would stay. He was bigger and stronger than me. It was easier to stay than to go and society always taught us not to say no. To be pliable and easy, to just go with it and not make them mad. So I didn't. He'd coerced me into staying over at his, staying in his bed. It was only a few months after I realized 
why I didn't want to. Every time I wanted to leave after 8pm, it was an argument. Just stay. Don't you like me? You know you want to. Just because you're in a relationship doesn't make things consensual. On New Year's Eve, he promised me we'd get into a taxi home together. And then at 2am, he told me I could either walk home alone for two hours or share a bed with him. I shared the bed. I count myself lucky that it never got as far as rape. But when I look back at it now, I wonder why I let it go on for so long. I said no. He didn't listen. Whenever I found the courage to say no, he'd playfully push me against the wall, kiss me and coerce me into doing what he wanted. After I eventually broke up with him, he cried and asked me what did he do wrong. He texted me for weeks, begging for another chance. He genuinely didn't know. I realize this story is nowhere near as bad as so many others, but my point here is this. It's not all men, but it's also not the men you think it is. It's all types of men. It's men you trust. It's men you let into your lives. And it's men who don't realize that they're doing anything wrong. And that's the scariest part. I would like to say thank you to all the ladies who have shared their stories. And I hope that their experiences will shed some light onto the matter. And that the men who are listening right now start to take this seriously. I have read 13 different women's stories. And some of them gave multiple experiences. These are just some of the women in my life who have chosen to say what has happened to them. And I know fully well that there are more women in my life who have experienced horrible things. I too would also like to share with you all about the things that I have experienced. After I finished writing about my stories, I called one of my closest friends and asked her whether or not I should include the first two because they had happened to me at such a young age and I didn't know whether or not they were relevant. After hearing them, she said that I should include them. One of the reasons being that she too remembered something that had happened to her at a young age because of it. It had triggered a memory. She said that it would be relevant because it shows how in many societies men truly do think that they can do whatever they want. And that's not right. So over these past two weeks, I have looked back upon my own life and the things that have happened to me. But furthermore, I actually ended up remembering some things that had happened that I had completely forgot about. I am 21 years old and today I will be sharing with you all the moments that I have felt uncomfortable simply because of a man. My first story happens when I was about three to four years old. I've always been an independent child and I've always wanted to prove it. I remember one day it was time for me to take a bath and my mom told me that I would have to bath soon. But to not get in unless she was there. I was still very young and I needed supervision. The last thing my mom needed was for her child to drown or something bad to happen while she wasn't there. At the time, our second bathroom within our house was being renovated, so there were builders all around. 
This information will come in handy further along in the story. I remember my mom shouting my name and calling for me to take a bath, but I decided to hide from her so that she would have to come and find me. I wanted to play a little game. But after a while, I got bored and I thought it was a genius decision to go into the bathtub without her knowing and then when she came back, she would be shocked that I did it all by myself. I ran in, closed the door, got unchanged and jumped right into the bathtub. A few minutes passed and as I was relaxing in the bath, the door flies open and a man walks in. He stares at me and just looks at me. I remember even now how uncomfortable I was. I still remember the way that he looked at me. I can't describe it, but it was horrible. I remember him stepping into the bathroom and closing the door a little bit and going over to the toilet to measure some stuff and make notes. He did this all while still continuing to look at me. I said nothing. I just sat there, scared, looking back at him. I remember trying to cover myself and I flipped around in the bath and he looked at me dead in the eyes and said, you have a very cute butt. I wanted to cry. Just as he's staring at me, my mom bursts into the bathroom and she sees him and starts going off at him like proper, proper shouting. She was furious and I remember the relief so heavily when my mom walked in. And the fact that I still remember this surprises me so much, but I will never forget that day and how this grown man kept looking at me naked in a bathtub and commenting on me. I was a three-year-old child. He should have never even been there. The second story I remember when I was a kid, I was standing near the door of my parents' shop and it was either Christmas or Christmas Eve. So the shop was packed and full of people. This old hobo that sat near the door where we had placed some chairs kept staring at me and I was so uncomfortable. After about 30 minutes of just watching me, I looked at him. He looked me directly in the eyes, licked his lips, unzipped his trousers and exposed his dick to me. I was about eight. At the time, I kind of knew what a dick was, but not entirely. I knew it was something that I shouldn't have seen. And then he pulled out a knife. And I ran to my parents and I told them what just happened. They removed him from the premises and kicked him about, but... It was a horrible experience. The third story I remember happened when I was at school walking into class with my friends. As I'm about to turn my head around, I notice one of my classmates, a boy, grab and push my other friend's hand, another boy, to smack my ass. I immediately whip my face around and the second boy gets really defensive, putting his hands up and saying, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, the other guy moved my hand to touch your butt. The other guy, now scared that I'm going to instead turn my anger towards him, says that he only did it because the other boy said, he really wanted to touch Zoe's butt. I smacked them both, not on their faces, but on their arms. The boy got angry at me because I smacked him. He was upset. And the teacher, 
hears this altercation and comes and asks what had happened. And I said that he had smacked my butt. The teacher gives them a lecture about how that's inappropriate and they get reprimanded. Both of them sulk for the rest of the day, refuse to talk to me and totally ignore me. They basically treated me as if I was the bad guy. And I felt like shit. I felt so bad because I got them into trouble. I remember literally feeling so angry and sad, but it's crazy because they touched my ass. They were disrespectful towards me. They were the ones that had been inappropriate, yet they were the ones that were treating me like shit. I was 10 or 11. When I was around the age of 9 to 11, there was a man who made me feel uncomfortable. He would find ways to bump into me or to touch me. He would follow me and he would make jokes and try to talk to me, but mainly when adults weren't around or weren't really paying attention. I remember one day sitting down and he was just looking at me. Not at my face, but at my body. I remember him just looking at my boobs and even at my vagina and I was wearing normal clothing, I was wearing a top and some jeans, I was a child. I was young. I was 9 to 11. I wasn't even hitting puberty properly yet. But he still looked at me as if I was a grown woman. And even a grown woman, or in fact anyone, should never be looked at like that. It was the first time I think I truly felt like an object. I was being objectified. The next time I felt uncomfortable around a man happened on a few occasions. There was a man who was friends with certain people within my life and he would always make inappropriate comments about me during all of our encounters. At one point, if I knew he was coming over, I would literally go lock myself in my room or my brother's room. He used to ask me how old I was and said once I turned 18 that he would marry me. I think he even made an inappropriate comment about my cousin saying that because she wasn't here anymore, he would just take me instead. I remember seeing him after a while, and he kept commenting about how I'm turning into such a beautiful young woman. Mind you, this man was in his late 30s. I was 11 to 13 during all of our encounters. I was less than half his age. I didn't understand how inappropriate it was and honestly had forgotten about it until this week. But it's creepy how this grown man literally spoke to me in that way and thought it was normal. The next story happened when I was on my way to a club with some friends. We were walking towards it and this guy starts asking us questions. Whilst he was talking and we're trying to move away, he puts his arm around me and I immediately feel uncomfortable. I tried to move away from this stranger, slowly, without making a scene because I know that sometimes, in these situations, it can escalate very quickly. As I'm moving away, he grabs my waist and he pulls me closer. I still keep trying to move away, and so he moves his hand from my waist and grabs my entire right ass cheek. Like I mean, my entire cheek. He went literally to the bottom of my ass, gripped it so hard and lifted. I pushed him away roughly and said, don't touch me. I grabbed my friends and I walked so quickly towards the club, I felt so disgusted. 
I literally felt invaded. It was so, so disturbing. My last story is probably the most scariest to me because I feel like I literally could have been Sarah. When I lived in London, I lived in a place called Kingston-upon-Thames. Literally in the centre of it, I was a three to five minute walk away from everything and I mean that. There was a club and a pub two minutes down the road and a Wilkinson's and a McDonald's and a Starbucks and the bus stop was literally like a three to four minute walk. After a night out of clubbing as a big group, we all walked to the bus stop. And because I lived in the centre of Kingston, I would always walk people to the bus stop and make sure that they got on safely because I lived so close. For me, it was like just walking down the street. And after my last friend got on the bus, I started my way back home. And if, if you've ever walked with me or if you see me walk, most of the time you've probably noticed that I look at the ground 80% of the time. And as I was just about 15 to 10 meters away from the bus stop, I had this feeling to look up. And as I did, I made direct eye contact with this man and we walk past each other. He was wearing jeans, a zip-up hoodie, and he had his phone in his hand. I kept walking, but I turned my head after we had passed and he had stopped walking. He was just standing there looking straight ahead of him, which I thought was weird. Why did he stop walking? I was about to put my headphones in, but I had a feeling not to. I kept walking, and about another 10 to 15 meters, I had this awful feeling like something wasn't right. I looked behind me, and this man was now behind me, following me, phone still in his hand, and he was looking at it. I tried not to panic. I thought, you know, maybe he's not from Kingston, and it's late at night, so maybe he's lost and he's trying to get to the two travel lodge hotels that were literally like a minute from where I lived. Regardless though, I still felt panicked. And as I'm about to cross the road, he turns right. And I'm instantly relieved because I'm thinking, okay, cool, cool, cool. He's going right and I'm just going to keep walking straight. Maybe he's going towards the travel lodge because it's literally down that road. As I finished crossing the road, I looked to see where he is, and now he's at least about a good 30 to 40 meters away from me, still going in that direction, towards the right. Once I keep walking, my vision of him gets blocked by a building, but I think it's okay. He's far away from me. He must be going somewhere else, and he's just lost. I keep walking, and then about maybe after another 20, after another 15 to 20 meters, I get this bad 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 feeling and I look behind me and he's about 10 meters away from me and I literally cannot explain to you the amount of fear that I felt in that moment because this man had to cross a main road like imagine a t-junction on steroids there was the occasional car at this hour there are traffic lights indicating when you can and cannot walk he had to. He literally tried to deceive me by making me think that he was going a different way. He had to run after me once he had seen me go around that corner. 
where I could no longer see him. And when I had turned around and I had noticed him, when he was that ten, about those 10 meters away from him, he was no longer on his phone. His phone was no longer in his hand. The hoodie that he was wearing was now covering his head and he had a bandana type mask covering his face. This was not during COVID times, guys. This was three to four years ago. So this man who had turned right to try and deceive me into thinking that he was going a different direction had to run across a main road, put up his hoodie and tie a mask over his face whilst running after me to try and catch up. I remember getting my keys out of my pocket and praying to God that I have the right key ready to put into my flat building. Because I had two identical keys, but one of them didn't work. I walked so quickly and I turned into a little corner of the building and shoved my key in and thank God it was the right key. I fucking got myself in there and I closed that door so quickly you have no idea. He had been about five meters away from me by that time. I ran up my flight of stairs so quickly and into my flat and I shouted for my mom and I told her that I was followed. He's standing in the middle of the road looking upset just pointing towards the building that I had just ran into. I don't think he had expected me to live so close. I think he was expecting me to live way, 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 way further along that road. And that day still freaks me out because I always wonder what would have happened if he had caught me. Would I have been raped or kidnapped or murdered? Would, have, would I have been sold into sex trafficking? I don't know. But it was scary and I honestly cannot explain that this man had followed me, put his hoodie up, covered his face, and then once he lost sight of me, went on his phone and was talking to someone. I reported it to the police that night, in case any of you are ever wondering. But I still think about that night all the time. I had another story, but I think we've heard enough and I know this is going to be a very long podcast, so I do apologize. But I hope that these experiences have given you some food for thought and I hope that these stories encourage you to speak to those around you and to stand up for women. Remember that your silence is complicity and you may not be the problem, but you seeing it and doing nothing means that you are a part of it, so speak up. And for those of you who still, after all this, don't believe that this is a major problem, I will be listing out some statistics. In the year of March 2020, 207 women were killed. About 57 of female victims were killed by someone they knew, most commonly a partner or an ex-partner. In the year ending March 2020, the Office for National Statistics estimated that 4.9 million women have been victims of sexual assault in their life. This included 1.4 million who had been raped or had faced attempted rape. In total, 98.5% of rapists were identified as men. Sexual assault was most common among younger women and with about 1 in 10 people aged 16 to 24 having been victims in the past year. 1 in 40 young women said that they have been victims of rape in the past year. One in five women have been the victim of stalking since the age of 16. The crime survey for England and Wales shows that 151,000 people, including 144,000 people, 
were victims of rape or attempted rape in the last year. But just 59,000 rapes were actually reported to the police last year. And in the same year, just 1,439 people were actually convicted of rape. A recent YouGov poll for you and women found that 7 out of 10 women had experienced some sort of sexual harassment in public. This number was nearly 9 out of 10 for younger women. The survey found that over half of the women who had experienced catcalling, 4 out of 10 had been groped or faced unwanted touching, a third of women had been followed, and 1 in 5 had faced indecent exposure. Among women aged 18 to 24, 97% said that they had been sexually harassed, while 80% of women of all ages said that they had experienced sexual harassment in public spaces. A survey of over 1,000 women showed that 96% of respondents did not report the incidents, with 45% saying it would not change anything. Among those who said the event was not serious enough to report were women who had been groped, followed or coerced into sexual activity. Fewer than one in six reported the assault to the police. And of those that told someone but not the police, 40% stated embarrassment is the reason, 38% said that they did not think the police could help, and 34% said that it would be humiliating. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to this. And I want to say a big thank you again to all the women who have shared their stories. Speak up and do better. Thank you, and I will see you all next week.